we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. Okay, I don't know. Don't, don't ever so bring so you guys around me. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I'm not really sure what I've done to you, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. It's Eddie Estrada here with my one and only co-host for the Real Housewives of Potomac Recap, Kelsey Corley. Kels, how are you doing? (laughs) Sorry, I choked. I'm doing great. (laughs) (laughs) She's a little nervous to be on. It's been a second. Just coming off last week's episode. like (laughs) It's a great show. It was... This show has been consistently bringing it with the clankety clank last week to this week more iconic moments happening including that oyster moment at dinner oh karen honey watch (laughs) honey watch if you guys don't know what you're talking about then buckle in because we are going to recap the most recent episode of the ladies of potomac which has been a standout season so far if you guys aren't watching, make sure you guys tune in because it's phenomenal. This cast is the by far, I think, the prettiest. Yeah, I of, agree. Of all of the shows, hands down, like they They're are the so prettiest housewives. They're so fun, and what's what, we were talking about this? It's like New York has the comedy, has the fun, but and so does Potomac. But Potomac like has like real drama. Yeah, like you know the New York drama is like kind of here and there. Yeah, the whole Lu- Luann thing was, I guess, a little real. There's like the Michaels. Uh, I mean, Michael. we're we're not. We're not going to talk shit on New York. New York is New York's amazing. amazing. They're the OGs. They're amazing. But Potomac, they're really making a name for special. themselves. There's yeah, something super special, special about Potomac for sure. There's great chemistry between all the women, I think. Oh, yeah. There was a great moment this week with uh, um, the, the sisters. They, they were like, oh, this is a mom moment with you, Karen. Karen's like, no, no, I'm going to say this is an older sister moment. <laughs> like, I thought that was great. Um, but let's, let's start recapping what went down. So it starts out, of course, with. Candace and her mom talking about their therapy things because this is the most insane relationship I think I've seen on TV in a while between a mother and a child. Yeah, we've seen a a lot of crazy moms on Bravo, but Candace's mom is really taking the cake here. In a league of her own, for sure. The shade monster. The shade monster. I died at that. Candace calls her. She was like, she was like, you need to work on your jobs. She's like, what jobs? And Kent is like, you are the shade monster. She's like, I thought you were the shade monster. She's like, mom, that's that's a jab. It was so good. Um, I liked that it was not only the jabs, but her facial expressions. As she like lifts her eyebrow to that. Ever since you made the comparisons to comparison to Sister Patterson, I cannot get it out of my head. It looks Candace's mom looks just like her. It's unreal. I follow Sister Patterson on Instagram still, and she's hilarious because all she does is make fun of her brother. But she's also kind of crazy. But big Sister Patterson fan, so. Seeing her through Candace. What's her mom's name again? I can't even remember. Candace's mom, the therapist. I can't remember at all. Well, um, I, I liked how Candace's end of the bargain was to accept her mom's criticism in a little bit better of a way. And I think Candace needs to take that into all aspects of her life because whether it's her mom giving her a suggestion or Chris giving her a suggestion or Monique giving her a suggestion, she's very defensive and she comes out of it like, why are you giving me criticism? I don't deserve to have the criticism. And she's just very, like, combative whenever she gets any kind of, like, you know, criticism. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And so I think I think with her working on that with her mom, it will definitely help her in, in all life, aspects, yeah. you know, of her life. 
If it works. I don't see it working because she does not take criticism well. And she's doing a great job in criticizing her mom, but still not doing a good job in receiving any criticism herself. That is very true. So then we go to Ashley in what could be the most horrific confessional look I've ever seen. It looks like her wig was made out of a merkin. It looks horrendous for those of you who don't know what a merkin is, because I can see by the look on Eddie's face, he doesn't. I'm like, what? A merkin is basically a pubic toupee. <laughs> a, a, like, it's for your pubes? Yeah, it's like if you can't have pubes, but it's like... And that's what a merkin is? Yeah. And you're, so you're, you're saying Ashley's head looked like a merkin? Her we, yeah, not her head, but that specific wig she wore. It looked awful. With the pink eyeshadow? Um, I, I don't remember I like the that eyeshadow because all I remember is the crazy hair. See, this is the problem because like I think things look really, really good and you're like, no, 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 Eddie, no, no. you did not think this looked good. When it came out, we were all like, oh, it looked so bad. It was reminiscent of one of Nini's really bad wig looks. Oh, okay. I remember Do you this. remember? I remember this now. And she was also clearly pregnant. Yes. She's like, girl, why, why can't you just have your normal hair? Your normal hair is beautiful. Why do you have to put on that horrible, horrible wig? Um, it's because she's a mess. She, you know, like they said, she tries to be pretend like she comes from this upper echelon of society, but like, we all know where you come from, Ashley. I don't think she tries to pretend that at all. Well, that's what Karen was saying. That's what, that was what Giselle was saying. That's what Karen's doing. I love Karen though. I love Karen Karen too. I'm just saying the grand dame of Taco Bell. Um, but I also have to talk about Ashley and, um, Michael's relationship because of these rumors. So Ashley's claiming that because of these rumors, her and Michael have gotten closer than ever. Because that's what happens when there's sexual assault allegations, that marriages get closer. Vows get renewed. It's (laughs) insane to me. I I don't know how this would bring me closer to someone. It's kind of crazy. And she's trying to explain this to Giselle, and Giselle is dying to get Ashley to confess that she believes her husband did it. She is absolutely shameless, just poking for information, trying to get a good clip for the show. Oh, totally. And Giselle has only two questions for her, which are, what's my shade? Because she already asked her first shady question. And what's going on with Michael? Well, you know, that's what she was saying was the question she was getting at her Target event. Was she's like, when the women are coming up to me at my event, you know, I've been having this event at Target. I only get two oh, questions. Okay. What's my shade for her, like, line or whatever? Yeah. And then she's like, and what's going oh, on what's with my, my shade g- for every Hue Beauty? Jeez. Yes. So she's, oh, that's what she was so saying, twisted. not the shade. Yeah. So she's like trying to be like, she's trying to be like, well, I need to know from you what the truth is because I'm being confronted here in my space. You know, when I used for yeah. Honest, I, that was like right when the whole like sunscreen thing came out and I had to sit with PR and I'd be like, you know, they're going to ask me questions about the products, but then, like, they're going to ask me about the sunscreen. Like, I need to know. I had to pull a Giselle. I'd be like, you got to give me the truth here. <laughs> but Ashley was not giving the truth. I just also have to point out that Giselle saying that people keep asking her what her shade, she doesn't know her shade. Um, Candace doesn't know her shade. Ashley doesn't know her shade. And I think that was it, yes. But uh, they looked bad. Like, their faces were a complete different color than the rest of their body this episode. But I read online that um, when you are lighting people of co- color for filming purposes, like typical lighting is done for like white people. And so a lot of people aren't knowledgeable in the film industry about how to do it correctly and make people look their best because they're lighting for like white skin tones. 
I just thought that was really interesting. I had no idea there was even such a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. I've always known that. You have to... Different people and different skin tones and everything has to have different lighting. That's why, like, um, like movies like Moonlight and stuff have been, like, so, like... People are so impressed that, you know, that people are taking a more of a focused approach to the lighting, to the art, and making sure that it is more diverse and is showing the beauty of all people instead of just... Yeah, but why can't the they thing. get someone who can do it, like... Can we at least get someone to acknowledge, like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Giselle's makeup doesn't look this bad because she has a makeup company that she's trying to keep her daughters all ice creamed up in. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, is like that, that's the problem. It's like we need more, you know, we need more directors that are people of color. We need more women directors. We need more production designers. We need to make sure that the industry has more diversity. And I think that's where the issue comes. It's not because they don't have the people to do it. It's because those people aren't getting hired. And that's something for Bravo to step up with. And that's something for, you know, these production companies to step up with. So, um, you know, it, I mean, it'd be great to see more of that, you know, and more, you know, diversity in not only in front of the cameras, but also behind the scenes as well, because, you know, that's what we need to push for. Um, let's talk about um, Ashley even said, okay, so back to the court yes. proceedings and Michael. Yes, let's talk to the third, back to the third degree that Giselle was giving Ashley. <laughs> I thought it was so interesting. Ashley said she wasn't even in a lot of the court proceedings. Like, why were you not, why would you not be at least being clued in? Well, I, I, I think... So do you think she was just saying that to sidestep the question? No, I think what the reason she's not being in court, being in court proceedings is it's her way of making sure that even if she is there and it is a kind of like a more public trial or she, you know, can be asked questions on camera, I think it's kind of her way of turning a blind eye mm -hmm. to the court to make sure she doesn't know the information so that she is not lying on camera. She's not... Plausible deniability. You know, you know, it's not like, oh, I was there and I know what happened. I'm just not telling you. It's like, oh, I haven't even been to the court proceedings. So I don't even know what's going on, so I can't give you correct information. But it also makes her sound so shady. Exactly. It's a very shady thing, and I think they're doing it for a very specific reason. Um, but, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's murky, but she's doing it, and, and that's the reason why. It's because she wants to be able to not be seen as a liar and she doesn't want to be seen as, you know, someone who's hiding the truth. She just doesn't know the truth. Um, and Ashley was like defending Michael and stuff too. And it was like, Oh no, he just grabs button Jess like with his friends. Like he's done this before. And I just, I was like, so you're okay with him squeezing butts. <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah. And he's like, she's like, mm -hmm, okay. Like, just, I was like really, really trying to get the bottom. Um, but you gotta I, love her. She's like the MVP of this show. She really is. She, she was gunning for it. Gets away with everything too. Like she gets away with murder. Oh, a hundred percent. And Ashley knew she was being shady. Ashley knew she was going just try to get the sound bite, yeah. sound clip. But like, I think everyone's just afraid to come at Giselle because she's so well spoken, and you have no idea what she's gonna come back at you with. That's true. So she's a, a worthy opponent. Definitely, she's one of the top. She, I mean, she's an all star housewife. Um, but Ashley kind of ends this conversation by going, you know, I know the truth about Michael and that's that. And basically it's like, it's all my business. It's none of your business. You don't need to know anything. Mm -hmm. So she's, she's holding her tongue. She's going to, she's going to hold this to her. I, I don't see her cracking anytime soon. No, not until it's the reunion probably. We yeah. Find the real truth or get any more information. I think. I mean, and the thing is, is like, yeah, the charges were dropped, but like, was there a settlement? You know, just because the charges were dropped doesn't mean it didn't exactly. happen. Exactly. So. I don't know. 
just going to say that. Well, then we go to Monique and her um, husband, Christopher. And he's, you know, giving her a little bit of a lecture because, as he says, you were going to drag people pregnant. <laughs> because, as we know, Monique was ready to throw down. Her even saying, like, I don't care if I'm pregnant. I will drag your ass around like Candace. That was so she was good. done. Yeah. Um, but Monique was like, you know, I wasn't actually going to do it. It was more like, check yourself. Like, <laughs> Candace, look who you're talking to. It's Just Monique. Just because I'm pregnant doesn't mean you can talk to me like that. I love Monique, though, because... It's so her. Like, she's like, I love how like, much of a badass she is. Even, you know, she's got a bundle of joy in her belly, but she's like, I don't care. <laughs> she's like, you do not mess with Monique Samuels. Um, have you ever seen a 3D sonogram before? I've seen, like, photos of them. Yeah. I've never gone to one. I've This whole idea of a sonogram party. Yeah, we had one for my, not like a sonogram party, but my whole family, my dad, my stepmom, Hannah and I, who's my little sister, went to our second oldest youngest sister <laughs> her 3d sonogram okay. which was like crazy because you can see him moving and like you could see the baby full-on smile and it was you could t- completely see what they looked like it was a, such a cool thing that's crazy i cannot imagine just inviting my castmates your ride or dies like <laughs> like karen said yeah she's like in my day she's like you do not bring your ride or dies to the <laughs> the ultrasound but there also wasn't the 3d sonogram so it's like I mean, it's kind of a well. Cool the thing. fact that she was going back another time, without the kids and with just her husband, it's like hmm, odd. She was just doing it for the camera. Yeah, you totally. Know, the baby's part of her storyline, which I get. I love it. But then the kids get wild, and they're, <laughs> Karen it's just too much. Came dressed as Mary J. Blige for the occasion. Yeah, when you said that, I was she like, she was okay. fully decked out. We were just waiting her to break into a dance. She looked good though, Karen. Karen never disappoints. I no. like the way Karen looks. And um, Candace was late because um, she had a sorority recruitment meeting before she got there. So that explains her outfit. <laughs> her Lily, what is it, Lily Pulitzer? <laughs> oh my gosh, it was not good. It was like, wow. Um, Karen looks like Mary J. Blige and Candace looks like a college girl. She's like a feta, feta, feta. <laughs> um, I just made up that. It's not a real sorority. Um, but I, then... That's when the big sister moment happens. Yeah, Karen goes, not mom. We're going to say, how about a big sister moment? <laughs> so Karen. So Karen. Um, but it's between Candace and Monique and about their fight. And they did make up. They texted and talked after the whole blow up at the hoedown and kind of worked things out. But they, we kind of got to the root of why Candace is the way she is, why she acts the way she acts, and why Monique responded the way that she does. And basically, Candace doesn't trust people. Um, and... She does see Monique as a good friend, but she's never had a good friend like that before. Mm -hmm. Um, She has her sister, she says, but she doesn't have girlfriends. And so she's kind of like, I'm going to throw this dagger at you before you can throw it at me. So when she felt like Monique was faltering and wasn't going to be able to be that friend that she could trust anymore because she wasn't, you know, standing by her, Mm -hmm. you know, even though she was wrong, she was like, okay, then I'm going to attack you because I'm going to hurt you before you can hurt me and ruin the relationship that way. Which goes back to her mom mm-hmm. and the way her mom treats her and the fight for approval from her own mother it's like i feel bad for her there's a lot going on i was shocked to see how genuine monique and candace's friendship was because i did not think it was that deep and it came through the screen you could tell they really are such genuine close friends and you could see in their text messages about the fight they made up immediately after um it seemed if you look at the text messages you could see it seemed like it was a little um driven by producers because you could see 
a little bit before and a little bit after to see that they were talking about work. So it was good to see that they were true friends and them to get emotional. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I, I, I really liked that. I really liked that moment also, too, when you saw Karen, Candace, and Monique, and you kind of see the friendship that they have. And they have this really close bond, which we see later in the episode, but I, I, love, I love a good, you know, you know, a good moment of friendship. Um, then we got to go see Giselle and her family with their, their three daughters. And this was a little bit of a rough scene because Giselle basically asks um, to be graded for her motherhood. After, which I thought was super cool. Which was cool. A great idea. Well, it was because she realized she'd missed all of her daughters, which I think is Grace's soccer game. Mm-hmm. She'd only gone to one. She's like, well, rate me as a mother. And, you know, of course, Grace and Adore are like 100. But Angel's like, no, I'm going to give you a 79. 79, yeah. And just I was like, oh, okay, why am I 79% mother? And she's basically like, well, you focus on grace. Adore is your favorite and you don't care about me. That would be so sad. Right? And it just, it kind of throws Giselle. And she's like, no, Angel, I love you just as much as the others. And Angel's like, no, you have favorites. I feel like you have favorites. Um, and Giselle, you know, feels hurt by this. But she, she, you know, she wants to make the effort and she wants to make it known that all of her daughters matter to her and that she's doing all of this for them because, you know, she is missing these soccer games. She's missing lacrosse. She's missing, you know, all these activities that the girls are doing, but she's building an empire. Yeah. And, you know, she wants to make sure that her kids have a wonderful life that they are, you know, completely provided for. So, you know, I, I do feel for Giselle that it's kind of this, you know, like two pronged thing where it's like, you know, she has to work all the time. So she doesn't get to see her kids, but because she doesn't get to see her kids, they're upset with her because they don't see her. But, if she saw them, she wouldn't be able to provide for them and they would be upset because they wouldn't be able to survive. So, I mean, it's good to know that she cares enough to try to make an effort. Um, let's move to... Robin getting her hair done? Yes. Which this she's, is the lady who is responsible for Robin's many hairdos and she does have many. Robin's hair changes all the time. Yeah, she's so versatile, and she looks good in everything. She can do long hair. She can do short hair. She can do blonde. She can do pink. She looks great in everything. I am obsessed with Robin's hair. I, you know, and this woman, and Robin was like, the day she dies, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I can't go to anyone else. This is her lady. Um, she's also talking about her house flipping project. And I just thought when she first got into that, I thought, huh, that's really shocking that she's getting into this with no experience after having failed business ventures before, but here she goes feet first. And now she's talking about how she's over budget. It's taking longer than she thought it would have to. And she didn't know she would have to have like these unexpected costs, like an open house. She didn't think she would have to do an open house. It's like, girl, did you not pop open a Google search before you did this too, since you had nothing to go on? You know, it's, it's just one of those things where people are like, oh, I can just do this. Yeah, and just I was like, oh, Robin can do it. It's like, um, Robin can barely do it. It's taking her way longer than it should. It's, it's, it's crazy. Cause, so I have cousins, and they, um, they built like a, a whole house, like mm-hmm. essentially. And it took them, first of all, years to get the whole house like fully not even like completed just like a year or so just to move in and everything just takes like you know six months longer three months longer even our house that we lived that we moved into here all we did was add a little bit extra room onto our bedrooms and add an extra closet in each room Mm -hmm. and that took what 
six months? Yeah. Maybe longer? It was like, yeah, I think it was like six or seven months. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, if you're going to do this, it's a, it's a long project. It's an expensive project. Do your research. Do it yeah. right. Um, but speaking of house, Robin was talking about playing house with Juan, mm-hmm. which was, I think, what the real conversation was about. And Juan wants a baby girl. Which Ro- he has been saying since the beginning. This is not new. This no. is not news. But Robin's like, well, I'm not going to do it unless they get married. remarried. Yeah. Which I think is 100% fair. Because it's like, I, you know, why, why buy the cow if you can get milk, the milk for free? <laughs> it's like that old saying. It's like, don't give it up. You know, you know, if you want something, it's got to be an exchange. She deserves to be married if she wants to be married to this man, if they're going to have a relationship. If that's what matters to her, he should be able to give that to her. If, if he wants a kid, she has to give, give, get something in return. Even though the kid will be for both of them, you know, he deserves to give her that respect to marry her. It's just so interesting to me that she and Juan have had the exact same storyline basically since season one. They're just like every single season, oh, we're together, but ooh, will we be? It's like, yes, you have been since high school. I don't see it ending anytime soon. Like, like you guys la- survived a divorce and are still together, so I think you'll be okay. I think that they're, you know, they're in game. They're forever, but I mean, I would love to see an engagement at the end of the season. That's my fingers are crossed for that. That'd be lovely. Um, but yeah, so after Robin, we go back to Ashley and she's in therapy and this was a emotional, emotional scene. Mm-hmm. She's talking about um, the experience with Michael and how she sees her husband. So she said when she first found out the news, she had like an out of body experience. She's like, why is this happening to me and my husband? Like, I never thought this would happen to us like this assault, which is also a very interesting way to like think about it because it's not like, Oh, I can't believe this person was like assaulted. It's like, Uh Oh, why is this happening to us? Like why, why are we the ones who are being targeted? Almost. It sounded like she was saying, yeah, which I feel like was a very Michael thing to say. Um, I mean, we saw him grab someone's butt season one. It's so not like it's, it's new. It's not like it's new. But yeah, it, that was that was a little weird to hear. But um, she said she thinks if she's sad or if she's upset or she shows emotion about what's going on, it will be perceived that she doesn't trust her husband, that she thinks that her husband did it. Mm-hmm. But her therapist is like, no, you're allowed to be sad. The situation's a sad situation. You can be yeah. upset and still support your husband. Um, and then she starts going into deeper about like why she wants to, you know, to, to make sure that he's not upset yeah. or thinks that she's not by his side. And she basically says that she sees Michael as two people, her husband and her father. Well, not, she doesn't say as her father, as because that's figure, even more yeah. disgusting than what she did say. What she said is as a parental figure, yes. which is still like, how can you say that about your husband? husband? And the therapist is literally like leaning in like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there it is. Yeah, she's like, and, and smiles. She's like, and that's why they pay me to be TV therapists. <laughs> it was just, wow. And hearing she'd never seen or spoken to her dad. That was I, that whole scene was really emotional. It totally made me tear up. I seeing her totally real and raw emotions, and the soothing voice of that therapist. Oh my god! I want to hear like audiobooks by her. She was had the best voice. Um. No. Yeah. She was. This whole scene was like, yeah, emotional. And let's maybe let's just talk about the whole Ash, Ashley situation just in general. 
um, about what happened with her um, mom too, if we're going to just keep talking about mm-hmm. this because I think we just touched on this. So she goes into further details about um, her dad um, when she goes to meet with her mother because, you know, she's like, I want to have a baby. I need to know my full, you know, familial history. Like, yeah. you know, I want to know, was there mental illness on my dad's side of the family? You know, is there anything I need to know about? Um, and you find out that she's tried to reach out to her father and he blocked her on Facebook. And her message was, I don't want anything from you too. Yeah. You know it was like, I, mean? I don't like, want anything. So... I just want you to acknowledge me. Yeah. Um, and her mom, her mom was like crawling out of her skin in her, that entire conversation. Very she, uncomfortable. She kept, like literally like pulling her hair out practically and like wiping her face and sweating. And she, she could barely answer every question. She was just like, Oh, he's a loner. I feel like there's something we're really missing out of that. Do, okay, so here's my thing, is do you think maybe she has the wrong guy? No. No? Not at all. I think he has another family, maybe. Yes. And well, she, she does. She saw on his Facebook he has other kids that he posts. Yeah, but I think she's, she said it wasn't like someone he was married to. She didn't say he was married. Yeah, but it said Which would explain that, but yeah. like you could have other kids and then have an illegitimate child. I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily... I mean, I, that she, w- maybe, maybe that would be ruin his relationship with them if they found out that he was yeah, cheating yeah. or I don't know. I think there's also something about the dad that we don't know that's shady or that I don't know. Well, we're going to find out a little bit more because Ashley decides that she's going to physically find her father and confront him just to at least acknowledge her. She says, Michael thinks it's a terrible idea. Her mom thinks it's a terrible idea, but she's like, no. I got to do this for me. And her mom's like, okay, yeah, you got to have peace of mind. She's literally looking at his Facebook photos and crying. It was so sad, but also like kind of pathetic and gave me Tinsley egg vibes. Um, Do you know who like um, Ira is like the comedian? He's like on Twitter and stuff. Have you ever seen him? He was like live, like not like live tweeting, but he was tweeting about um, Potomac and he was like, he was like, ooh, child, blocked on Facebook by your father. Oh no. Like, it was like, like, ooh, that's rough, honey. Like, that's so sad. It's sad, but it's like, and Ashley's, like, so bright and beautiful. Why wouldn't you want to know her? You and, know what I mean? You know, and yeah, I mean, she's on reality She's TV self-sufficient. Stuff, she has a like, husband. Like, why? Who who can more than take care of her? You don't need... She doesn't need anything She got a new you. daddy. She got a new parental figure. I'm going to find Ashley's daddy and be like, Hey, why'd you block her on Facebook, yeah, bitch? block her, please. She got to talk to you about some things. Um, let's go back to Giselle. Um, speaking of like G- parents, Zell. What am I Zell. saying? Giselle. Oh, with the S. Giselle. Yes. You always like I. I'm sorry. I got the. I got. You the like tongue. to get creative. I get creative. I like to you know put my own accents on things. <laughs> say things I want to say. And it's my Eddie accent. It's how I do it. Um, but just Giselle <laughs> and Angel go to Pasadena. No, I'm joking. I. I saw the sign for Bethsaida and I was like, turned to Kelsey and I was like, are they going, are they in Pasadena? Like, when did they get to California? Uh, but they're going to, I, they're going to have like a little snack um, and to just kind of talk about things and do a little one-on-one mother-daughter time. And um, Angel no, Angel kind of is like, I feel like you don't pay attention to me as much. I feel like you focus on the other two. They're your favorites. And Giselle's like, okay, hold up. Angel goes as far as saying, I feel like I don't matter, which yes. is so... So sad. It's sad. And Giselle has a moment to explain herself. She goes, okay, Grace, I'm trying to get into high school. She's like, she's got to get into high school. She's got to do those things. That's very important right now. I have to focus on her for that. Adora crawls into my bed all the time on her own. She likes to cuddle. That's who she is. She's a very kind of like that kind of person. She's like, and you 
you're the perfect kid. She's like, I never have to worry about you. She's like, you get your homework done. You're smart. You do your chores. And even in this conversation that Angel's having with her mother, she is so mature. Mm -hmm. She's so level-headed. She's so well-spoken. It's so impressive. And she's basically like, you're an angel child. She's like, you're a perfect, a a parent's dream. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that's why I don't worry as much about you. And I don't focus as much on you because I can trust you. But she comes to realize, she's like, but I will check in with you more. Mm -hmm. I will make the effort to, you know, be with you because you do matter. And I want you to know that, which I thought was beautiful. It was was such a cute moment. And as Giselle is giving her all these compliments and telling her how much she appreciates her, you can see her slowly Mm -hmm. light up from within and her smile. She's doing that little grin. Oh my gosh. She's so cute. It was super cute. It was such a cute moment. And I would honestly expect like nothing less than for Giselle's daughter to be perfectly well-spoken with a side of sass. Oh yeah. No, she was great. I loved when she was like, we can go out more. And she's like, well, I hate leaving the house. And I was like, (laughs) Angel, me and you, same. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, okay, so let's let's get to the end of the episode, which was the triple date, which was between the Dillards, the Hugers, and the Samuels. Uh, you know, it's the... Well, it's not the Dillards. I don't know what Chris's last name is, do you? Oh, uh, well, no, but I just called them the Dillards because <laughs> that's the only last time I know. <laughs> they all have to take Candace's they, mom's everyone's last taking, name. Yeah. I, don't, I wonder if her mom's last name is Dillard, or is it... I bet it's something else. I bet Dillard is her Candace's dad's last name. Well, so we have no idea what the last name of this family so is. So Candace and Chris, the Hugers <laughs> and the Samuels, <laughs> um, go to dinner. It's Candace and Chris's first like married couple dinner, which I thought was really fun because, you know, they're recently um, locked up. Is that what you call it when you get married? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not Fiance. married. Um, but... Uh, you know, they're, they're talking about how... Uh, <laughs> Candace wants a mansion, essentially. And Chris is like, uh, I don't know about that. And she's like, I want all these kids. I want all these things. You know, I want to make sure I can fill this house. I need at least five rooms and a master suite and another another master suite for my mom. And Chris is like, or my parents. Like, don't forget about my family. And she's <laughs> like, I need all these things. And Karen's like, okay, hold up. She's like, we thought we needed all these things, too, before we had any kids. She's like, and you're empty in this house. And Candace is like, oh, really? <laughs> She's like, I don't care. Candace, Candace wants her castle. I love how Chris, on the way there, he said that um, Monique was a firecracker, but Candace was a nuclear bomb. Oh, my gosh. That was Which hilarious. Which so true. And it's 100% true. Yeah. It's the most real thing, I think. That's why he was holding her back in that episode where she had the butter knife, because he knew what was going to happen if he let go of her, and she was going to get sued. Yeah. Assault charges. <laughs> Manhattan Project, right up in there in Candace. Um, then uh, Karen starts joking about how she's going to have a baby, which was crazy. And Monique slayed me with that confessional where she said, ain't nothing coming up out them breasts except powder. (laughs) 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 And I love how Monique laughs at all of her jokes. I love it. Monique loves her own like sass. It's great. Um, I mean, I love it too. I also have to say they keep refer. Okay. They keep referring back to Monique's rainbow party. And at the time I thought about it and I was like, "Mm, no, I'm not going to mention it, but okay. A rainbow party is also a sexual term. Oh God. Have you never heard of this? Is this the one? Okay. Is this the one where everyone has a different like lip colors? And it's like, (laughs) yeah, okay. I've heard about this. That's a rainbow party. So that's like what she named her. If you guys don't know, don't Google it. Yeah. Don't Google it. I think I learned it from like a week, like, Degrassi? It was on like an Oprah episode or something. No, where that's it what was it was. Like, it was these like, these are the sex terms your because kids are talking about. The bracelets was from Degrassi where you got the yeah. different colored bracelets for different things. And then the Rainbow Party, I think, was like some Oprah story or something. Yeah. 
I got a lot of nightmares from Oprah when I was younger. Things that I like heard or saw on Oprah when I like oh my gosh was Eddie. a child. I, Oprah was a really tra- traumatizing show for me. I remember there was one Oprah episode where this lady talked about how she was like in like the Amazon or something, and she like there were these giant spiders, and she swam with piranhas. I had nightmares about that for months. It was, wow. and I only heard it. I didn't even see it on screen. <laughs> I saw the commercial for that Anaconda movie with J Lo. Mm-hmm. That gave me nightmares. Yeah, but. There's a lot of things that gave me nightmares when I was younger. I was a little scaredy cat. But nothing gave me nightmares quite like uh, Karen slurping down that oyster. No, honey, look. Honey, no, she said, honey, watch. <laughs> oh, my God, so gross. And, yeah. Miss- and he was like, oh, God, I better seem interested. <laughs> and then he was like, woohoo! Like, he was, everyone, I do not know how anyone at the table, like, held themselves together. Monique laughed a little bit, but not as much as I, I would have. I would have been uncontrollable. Absolutely. That was hilarious. I wish Chris Samuels was in more of the show because he's I funny. his commentary is hilarious. He's so adorable and cute and him and Monique, their relationship is so, I love so them. sweet. You get, they're so clearly in love. He adores her. She adores him. It's beautiful. I love them. I love how he, he said if roast him, if he's guilty. And then when he's like, so what was this, the comment and the sucking sausage comment? And he's like, Oh, it's about one. He's like, this is crazy. Like he, he was living for the gossip. Um, yeah. And they all start talking about the details of what went down and when things happened with Michael's situation. So evidently at the rainbow party, um, they were, Klein for Michael to be in a picture. And this was a scene that we saw and they're like, where's Michael? Where's Michael? And then Ashley comes. She's like, oh, I think he went to the bathroom inside. And I guess during that time, him and Chris were inside the house or basement or something. Mm-hmm. Not Chris Samuels, Chris yeah, Dillard. Chris, Chris of the Dillards. <laughs> Dillard's um, Chris. Yeah. Candace's Chris. Um, they were talking, I guess, and the producer walked between them. And that's when Michael grabbed the producer's, ass or like whatever the PA or cameraman's ass and that's and the victim named Chris as a witness as a witness and Chris is being subpoenaed because he was like he was there as a potential witness as a potential witness yeah but Chris is like I didn't see anything I don't know and Monique's kind of like okay between the smartphones photos videos oh Candace she's like there's got to be something somewhere showing this so everyone basically believes. That. Do you think? Yeah, I don't think if they had something, they would have. They would have shown it. Like Bravo doesn't hold back; they show the clips. You know what I mean? Because they want the views. Well, I feel like sometimes they might save some stuff for the reunion, as like almost like a shocker or like a. You I don't know? know. I feel like this is too like there's actual. I, I don't think they legal would actually show things it involved legal, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know, but I well, think. I think Candace is saying that in the hopes that people who are at the party go back and look at their cameras, at their footage, and if they have something, then they can... They can come forward and... Because Candace is gunning for Ashley. Has been since the first episode. Yeah, there's there. she's ready to take that girl down. So we will see, because this episode um, is over. We are done talking about this episode, <laughs> but this season is only going to progress. It's only going to get better. Um, we're going to wait for in. this reunion. This reunion is going to be amazing. There's already fights on Twitter. If you haven't checked it out, go check out Reddit, go check out Twitter, Google Potomac fights because these girls are, you know, Google Twitter Potomac fingers fights. turn to trigger fingers. You know what I mean? Like things <laughs> are going down. Vague. What? You said Google Potomac fights. That's so vague. Yeah. Well, look at Not, Ashley's Twitter. Yeah. Look at 
Katie's I agree. Twitter, the Twitters, Samuel's, cast Twitters. Everyone is going crazy. It's phenomenal. But until next time, make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. Um, and if you guys want to follow us on social media, we're hot and bravo. That's at H O T and B R A V O D. Kelsey, how can people find you? Google me. Google Potomac fights. <laughs> Google Potomac fights. <laughs> and I'm at Eddie underscore Estrada. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.